do 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 It's Super Slam! Anyone remember that phone call scam? My goodness. Oh, that's a classic. That's a classic. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, joined by my assistant to the co to the uh, host, J.O. It's it's been a little bit. Definitely has been a little bit. The Fourth of July like, holiday kind of changed the plans of the scheduling of this, so we're getting this out a little bit later than usual. But uh, we're looking forward to it today because uh, we're celebrating. We're celebrating John Cena. Twenty years. Twenty years. Who would have thought this? He would have had a run at the top for this long. John Cena. Who would have thought he would have made Hollywood? Been a Hollywood actor. Not me. How about you, J.O.? I don't know. I've seen the movie, and it's probably one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. Are you talking about the Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad. (laughs) Uh, That was sarcasm. I've seen the Marine. It's really not that great. But that being said, and you just mentioned the Suicide Squad, yeah, John Cena can act. So I'm actually not surprised he's been able to cross over to Hollywood. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, What we're going over today, what we'll be doing today, we'll be watching one of his first really big matches, part of his first WWE title reign. This man's won 16 world championships. Uh, He debuted back on June 27th, 2002 on an episode of SmackDown, answering Kurt Angle's open challenge with ruthless aggression. (laughs) Slapping slapping the face of Kurt Angle, and it was all uphill from there. Not immediately, though. It took him a while, but he eventually found his feet. But, yeah, we're watching along. We're doing a watch-along of John Cena's WWE title defense, his first major WWE title defense, against JBL in an I Quit match from Judgment Day 2005. And it should be a fun one, a little bit of a brutal one. We're bringing the brutality here on this episode. But some brutal news, I don't know if you'd call it brutal news, but some big news came out of WWE today with a PW Insider reporting both Sasha Banks and Naomi both being removed from WWE's internal roster. What are your thoughts on it, J.O.? Kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. When I first heard the story and this news was breaking, my first thought was, is WWE going to do anything to them? Some of their biggest stars in the women's division. I thought maybe just a slap on the wrist if they even wanted to stay. But by the looks of it, they don't want to stay anymore. So who knows if WWE wants to even have them around anymore. Apparently, the the ratings have kind of stagnated. At least they're like sticking where they're at or they're up slightly. Not like anything crazy, but they're not like their downward turn is kind of stopped, at least halted for now for them. But you know what? Yeah, it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how that happens, because Sasha Banks has a lot of choices, honestly. She has a lot of choices. She could go wrestle somewhere else. She can go do movies, TV, whatever she wants. She has a lot of choices. Naomi, I don't know. She can do she can do wrestle for other companies as well too, but we'll see, we'll see how that we'll see how this all plays out because it's going to be quite the topic. It's at least on Banks' part. No, no, uh, no offense to Naomi, but Banks is the bigger deal. Yeah, that, I mean, you can't even. That's not even shade or anything like that. That's just fact. Like that's yeah. fact of the company right yeah. now. Sasha Banks is just the bigger star than Naomi is. Yeah, and uh, so I wanted to thank everyone at first. Actually, I, earlier I wanted to do this, but I wanted to thank everyone who listened to our TNA Slammiversary 2006 review. If you haven't already checked it out, make sure to check it out in the archives. We had a lot of fun doing that, looking back on some old uh, TNA wrestling, kind of during their their kind of their peak, I would say, around that time. Also happening. Uh, Recently, we talked about the Sasha Banks news, but last week it was Money in the Bank last weekend. It took place on Saturday night. We had two Money in the Bank winners, one of them cashing in on the same night, Liv Morgan winning the Miss, becoming Miss Money in the Bank, and cashing in on the same night against Ronda Rousey, who just won a submission match. I 
think it was a submission match against uh, Natalia. And so Liv is now the SmackDown Women's Champion. I think it was long overdue for her because she had been getting pretty good reactions for quite a while now. So hopefully she gets a proper run with it. Hopefully they just don't put it back on Charlotte when she returns because that'll be just oh god, same story, different day. See, one thing I, I, I hate that WWE does sometimes with the Money in the Bank contract is – so when Money in the Bank first started and the stipulation and everything, people kind of saw what it was. It was just a, a wild card or a quick, easy booking decision that they could do. And I really hope they don't treat Liv Morgan just as a transitional champion. I hope she has a pretty solid reign. Because I mentioned to you before we started recording, but she got a decent pop from the crowd. Like, they were into it. They loved it. Yeah, they want they want her as champ. They dating back to at least a year or two ago at money in the bank, she was, they were wanting her to win the freaking briefcase, which I guess is a good storytelling element, but they did this. They did the same. So what you're worried about the transitional champion point that happened exactly like Nikki Ash last year. Yes. Nikki ASH or whatever you want to, you want to call <laughs> her curl caller, but uh, she did that last year. I think she cashed in the next night on Raw, or at least a week or two. It was not very long after she won it. WWE has a not very good uh, – they're not getting a very good track record with women's money in the bank because they usually cash them in pretty quickly. For the women? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of – Like Carmella was the one – but she had to win it twice because – they screwed that up because they had James Ellsworth won it the first time, technically, if you want to think about it. The first women's money in the bank, a historic moment, and they have to ruin it by having a man win it. They, they, had, they, had, they had Ellsworth drop the briefcase to Carmella, but you, you get the but idea. Still, you still don't want to have your first women's money in the bank and like that. And if I recall the match before, that was pretty solid. If I can remember. I can't remember specifically yeah. um, um but but sig daddy so i told you i wanted to ask you a question about money in the bank so it's no surprise i think everyone knows it by now but wrestling is scripted yes it's pre-determined i'm not sure if you if you've seen the video but i saw recently they showed the shots of mcafee and michael cole during Liv's cash in and it almost looked like they didn't know she was cashing in. Did you see that video? Yes, I saw that. It was awesome. It was great. So, was it a shoot reaction from them? Did they not know Liv was going to cash in? Because I love that that call by both Cole and McAfee, which people have been saying it. I'm starting to agree. But McAfee and Cole are a great, great team. Well, it's and rejuvenated. That, that call, it rejuvenated Cole. Oh, I agree 100%. And that call by McAfee and Cole, it was um, it was awesome. I watched it over and over, trying to figure out. Wait, did they did they know this was happening? Because it just seems so genuine. So I, I wanted to ask what you thought about it because it it looked like they didn't know. Oh yeah, I watched the video back. Well, I probably watched at least two or three times, and Cole's reaction was like, "That's what you want. You want genuine reaction to it. That's what that's what people like. They like when." there's some kind of reality based in the professional wrestling instead of this fabricated some kids, you know how that works sometimes with WWE literally feeds lines to Cole. Right. And I, the miracle see, kid, the, the miracle kid don't know for the love of mankind. No, no, no. Oh my God. I was, took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say that exact same phrase. I can still think of the shot of Michael Cole saying that, holding the script in his hand. Oh, God. But I was watching that video, and at first I thought maybe it was scripted because I saw Michael Cole's eyes looking down. But no, he was looking at the TV monitors on the table. He wasn't reading a script. He was calling it live. And that's what the best – that's when it's bet. That's when it's at its best. It was – it was such an awesome call. McAfee was just leaning back, twirling his pencil. 
not paying attention to what Michael Cole. What I don't even remember what Michael Cole was saying. Maybe it was like a ad or something. He was talking about Rousey at the after the match. It was probably after yeah. about Rousey. And even Michael Cole's reaction lives. Liv Morgan's music starts to hit. He stops talking just to take it in. And then he realizes what's about to happen. Both McAfee and Cole stand up. They start cheering. Oh, that was such an awesome Cole. And even Cole, like, celebrating at the end. That was kind of cool. It was. It was. As For as much flack as we like to give Michael Cole, he's pretty dang good. He's good for the most part. It's just when WWE feeds him stuff, it's not fun it makes it like feel so fake but like when we get those kind of moments with mcafee and him together when there is genuine emotion and like it feels it doesn't feel fake that's legit because you saw mcafee and cole got like visibly emotional after that yeah, they were they were happy for her, and that was awesome to see. And then, and then you notice that with Jr. Some of that, like, okay, so Jr. Some of his best calls are when he is absolutely emotional about something. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Like you notice that, like there was okay. So here's a here's a quick example. I'm not going to go on too long, but so no way out 2003. Bischoff and Jim Ross. This is the this is marking the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bischoff kicked the out of Jr. on Raw, and so Jim Ross is on commentary for that match. Austin returns, the place freaking explodes. It's in Montreal. It's in Montreal. Place is flipping, loses their. Sh- Jr. is just and super passionate on his call the whole time. You could really feel it. It's like, okay, this is real. This feels real. When you feel that, that's that's when that's when wrestling's at its best, and that's that's when the broadcasters actually enhance a match. And they enhanced the hell out of that cash in. <laughs> they did because the cash in really wasn't all that great. <laughs> Yeah, the, I, I thought the the actual cash in. I don't know what I was expecting, but you know, she used the most powerful move in wrestling, the roll up. <laughs> so the surprise roll up, most powerful move in wrestling. Um, but like you said, their their commentary ju- just made it awesome. Yeah. Like that's yeah, probably a yeah. moment I'll save on my YouTube liked videos, and I'll visit on occasion just just to hear their reactions again because it was just so awesome it was it was for sure and one of the other um one of the other money the other money in the bank winner austin theory or they like to call him theory um he won and that was kind and the way they inserted him in the match was just sigh sigh it it you it's hard to root for someone when they get handed everything, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like we want we want someone we want a tough guy we want a guy who fights who fights hard who we feel like deserves the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But you know, not, I'm sure Theory's a great guy, but sorry, man, like, I don't care if you win. You you got handed the W. We so with that telegraph that telegraphs everything. Like literally, when they announced him as a surprise entry, it literally just telegraphed the finish. Completely telegraphed it. Yep, he's gonna win almost immediately. And this is the Roman push he's getting. He's getting the Roman push. Man, and that push lasted what five years before it clicked. Five years before it got going. Took it took him it took at least well so it started two thousand and fifteen it didn't click until two thousand and twenty. Man, when they finally turned him heel, and they're already pushing theory as a heel. So what do they have to turn him face? Gosh, I don't know. It's it's gonna and he's only twenty four years old too. You got to put this into account too. Oh gosh, and I I. So personally, I don't watch Raw. 
really that much. I watched a few matches of his. I'm not impressed one bit. He's see, for me, he's a charisma vacuum. I just don't like the character. Uh, the the phone thing. I don't. He looks like he they, like literally. I think it's based off of him looking sort of like John Cena. Really? He does look a little bit like John Cena, a little bit. Just a little. But anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to get ready for this watch-along of JBL, John Cena. I quit from Judgment Day 2005, but we mentioned Money in the Bank. We're going to be going over our top five past Money in the Bank winners. This could be either men or women, like the best cash-ins. We'll say that it's not the winners, but the best cash-ins of all time. Top five best cash-ins in uh, Money in the Bank history. We'll be going over that next time here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. But without further ado, let's get some background on this upcoming match. John Cena, JBL, I quit from Judgment Day 2005. So Cena, he won his first WWE championship, world championship, more, more specific, ending JBL's 280-day reign at WrestleMania 21. That reign for JBL started at Great American Bash where he defeated uh, Eddie Guerrero in a, in a controversial way in a Texas bull rope match. He won that title in the June, in June of 2004, not a great match. Uh, not a great match. Well, the, the bull rope match was fine, but the win, JBL's when he lost to Cena was not very good. It was not a good match. I'll tell you that this we're about to watch is I would think I'm going to consider it a quite an upgrade. So, this uh, match took place in Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, May 22nd, 2005. Setting up, it was set up by an April 28th SmackDown where JBL won a fatal four way elimination match to claim the number one contendership. Earlier in the month, Cena unveiled the new Spinner Championship the, that would be used for the next eight years. JBL would walk out, continue to come out with the same, would come out that same night wearing the old WWE championship. And so moving forward, May 5th episode of SmackDown scene announced I'd like to defend the title against JBL in an I quit match for the WWE championship. And so here we go. We're about to get this thing underway. The link for the match will be in the description of this episode. So make sure to click the link in the, the description to watch along with us. Here, Jay, are you ready? I'm about to do a countdown, and we'll go in three, two, one. I'll count you down, and then we'll be ready to go. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So we're getting JBL in the big old limousine with the horns on it. And uh, J.O., what are your thoughts on JBL? Because I can't – Stand the guy as a person and a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> as a wrestler, I think the character is was per- he. People talk about uh, the perfect character is something that the wrestler can become or is part of the wrestler. Oh, part of and the I think JBL is right? a, Yes, and I think JBL uh, is a perfect example of that because like you mentioned the stories i've heard of jbl backstage as just like the worst person ever i think meshes well with the jbl character and i i like him as the character because you know as a heel you're not supposed to like him and i don't either so i think it works that way and yeah not a fan of the person either so because i've read i hope like, sto- i've read stories of him and about in like in like Justin Roberts's book, he he goes he talks about JBL quite a bit, being an absolute jerk. And there's other stories with Vince Russo talking about JBL being a jerk too. Even though you know Russo's not got the best reputation in wrestling, but gosh, there's so many signs here in Minneapolis, Minneapolis for this. Just a big loser, just born a loser. JBL sucks is right there. So I guess he does his job. He's getting a reaction as a heel. And he's carrying around the old WWE championship that he carried for eight months. That's a long time. <laughs> Especially in that, like, it, I think it was the, like, since, like, the 90s, that was the longest reign as WWE champion. 
man. I think it was because I looked at one. It was Yokozuna had the exact same like length of reign for it. But here we go, John Cena in the big coming out in the big rig. And then oh, he's got oh, he's I, got the DJ. I remember this entrance. This is when John Cena was a rapper. It just came out with his album. So we're listening to this without sound. Which which theme is it? Is it the do 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 yet, or is it the I other think, one? Yeah, I think he is spinning. Yeah, it's 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 that one. It's the do 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 do. John Cena sucks. No, I don't think John Cena sucks. We like him on this show. Say from 2007 to maybe 2009, 10, he was probably my favorite wrestler if you were to ask me. Oh, that was some dope pyro. Oh, yeah, Cena was, I, I like Cena. Like, I, I didn't ever hate him. When Punk got, like, when Punk got his, like, the summer of Punk happened, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Well, people were getting, people were over John Cena by that point. Oh, John Cena just wrecking that limo. This is oh, be the, the this wouldn't be the last time John Cena and JBL would face each other either. No, you're right. I remember you talked about destroying the limo. If I remember, not to in the near distant fu- future from this match, him and what Crime Time destroy yeah. his uh, limo. Three, about three years later, because they had a match at the, the Great American Bash 2008, Cena and him, and it was like a street fight in which JBL won. That was the that was when Big Show interfered, was it not? Am no. I thinking about a different... Okay. You're thinking of probably Edge, Cena, 2009, uh, last man standing match from Backlash. Yeah, sorry, I'm incredibly I'm I, I I'm an incredible nerd about like pay-per-views and stuff. So apologies to everyone at home for my nerdiness. Big Daddy the historian. Um yeah, eight so eight so who would have thought that spinner belt would last as long as it did? Almost eight years. Sig Daddy, is it just nostalgia or do you miss the spinner belt? <laughs> Like there, there. It's it's a very hot topic on the internet. Like, if you like it or hate it, a lot there's like a consensus that well, I think the consensus is they hate it. They hated it. They thought it was. A, I liked it too. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I know it's your major championship, but oh well. So we got a rough, uh, we got a little bit of a collar elbow tie up to start things up. Oh, yep. Now we're going to change trade ham hawks. Ham, ham, I don't know. Right. So what are your thoughts on like seeing at this point? I don't know. Like he was definitely the right choice at this point, definitely, to win the title. Oh, I would agree. I don't really think there was a, a top guy that could have been, if not Cena. Well, him and Batista, this was like the this was the beginnings of their big run at the top because that was because Batista's would last through about 2010. Early 2010 was his run. Cena's would go. What you were saying? You mentioned uh, twenty-one was the mania before this, right? Was the this was the mania yeah. that happened right two months before this? If yeah. I remember, I'm pretty sure that's everyone saw uh, WrestleMania twenty-one as the changing of the guard mania because that's when both Batista and Cena walked away with the belts. Mm-hmm. Oh, good exchange here, leading that arm drag. I'll say one thing about JBL. He delivers his clothesline is absolutely brutal. Oh, it takes your head right off. 
Like it's not like it's not a normal clothesline. This is stiff. So that's a move I would not want to take, especially if it's from JBL. He's swinging full force, coming at you full speed. He he's literally wanting to take your head off. Like even the blows JBL, like his punches and everything, they look stiff. Considering what we know about him, the person, and his role in the locker room, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like super stiff. Would you consider it's okay? We're looking at JBL just try to cover him, by the way. <laughs> But would you consider JBL one of the best one-time champions in history? Because there's a lot, actually. I would put him up there. Because he was very, very uh, cowardly during his time as a champ. But yeah, he, but you got he, he had a really good heel run. He was a he was he had he he had he. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You had to, you have to think. Yeah, he was acting like a coward, but that's kind of who. That's the kind of champion he was supposed to be, like the one we hated, because of that. And he did a good job of making people hate him. That's for sure. Like he, no one. Yeah, I, I see. I like I said, I don't like him as a person nor a wrestler, really. But like he did have some decent matches. This may, well, well. We'll review it, not review it, but we'll talk about it afterward and see if what where we think this match would be in the echelon of his matches. Because we've seen we the era we watched during was during the last few years of his run in WWE. So we'll see. Oh geez. It's taking a spill over the, the guardrail. We're going into the crowd. Oh, is he going to go for a neck breaker? Oh, on the concrete. But, yeah, JBL, while he gets – I don't think he gets a, a – I would not say enough recognition because I don't think they're, they, he gets enough of what he got. But when they talk about heel he champions – What? Yeah, he's in the Hall of is he okay? When they talk so he about yield champions, he doesn't get talked about very often, it seems like. I think you're right. And he definitely should be. He should be in the conversation at least a little bit. Not like like he, he he's one of he's probably one of the best because of his character as a heel. Because you just no you snobby rich guy thinks he's literally better than everyone else. He literally doesn't like he never wins a match clean. Some interference has to happen or something wacky has to happen for him to win. Some shenanigans. Oh Jesus. That was the first time the Mike got involved in the match where they were asking if he was gonna quit. Seen his laid him out with a right hand. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. We're watching this without sound. How are we going to know when the match is over? We're not we'll going to be able to hear oh, them. There, there'll be a point where we will know. <laughs> You'll know. Cena taking that bump into the ring steps like he always does. He just he like lays out the ring steps. He likes to like blast them like a linebacker would. Oh, my gosh. He's taking Mark Eaton's belt, the timekeeper. Oh. Uh, gosh, why, why, see, why would you ever agree to take a belt shot during a match? Oh, you know, those sting. Those don't feel good. Now Cena's choking, getting choked. I hope they have a safe word. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, 
I did. That was not what I was thinking here. I saw it. I had to say it. <laughs> and uh, I salute you for that. That was good. That was very good. My gosh. Uh, a year before this, literally the paper, same pay-per-view the year before was the epic uh, JBL-Eddie Guerrero match where Eddie accidentally cut an artery after a chair shot. Oh, really? When he's blading. Yes. That's the fa- That's the match. That legendary crimson mask. That if you haven't if you haven't seen it already, make sure to go check it out. Just it's just it's a spectacle as it is. There's a it's a really good match actually from JBL and Eddie, and somehow Eddie continues for like ten minutes as he is like is just spewing out of his head in the ring. Oh, back body drop through the announce table, the Spanish announce table. It's always a Spanish announce table. So he went butt first too. He he hit all tailbone there. Going back to that Eddie Guerrero thing, that was a that was a really good match. Just, you see the canvas of that match just covered in blood, just absolutely covered. I would have hated to have to wrestle after that match. Well, no one did. Ooh, well, oh, thank God. Did you notice that JBL's back when he hit the the announce table? It hit the end. Ooh, yeah, it didn't. It was upright a little. And John just took out JBL with the monitor. Back when they're actually monitors, not tablets. Are they gonna Are they gonna redo the same chair spot? Yes, they are. They redid the same chair spot from Eddie Guerrero. It was practically the exact same chair spot. Except the Eddie Guerrero match was not a no DQ match. This one definitely, this is definitely an I, a no DQ match being an I quit. My gosh. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine the sound that went off. Oh, here we go. Yep, blade job. Not near as bad as Eddie, but it's going to be semi close possibly. We'll see. And we don't see chair shots like that anymore for good reason, of course, but. When used sparingly. Whoa. Oh, geez. Well, we all we know, we know Cena didn't cut an artery here, so that's good. He's bleeding pretty good, though. He is. It's like all over his chest already. I was just about to say, how does it get that bad that fast? Well, Cena might also rub it on his chest too. Mm. But it, that's like that's a di- that's an interesting blade job because normally you like you say you don't see that blood on his chest like that. But they literally just recreated that chair spot, not near as brutal looking as the Eddie Guerrero one because it, the chair it sounded like a gunshot when Eddie Eddie got hit with it. We're not hearing the sound here, but I imagine it was still pretty bad. But I, I wouldn't I don't think it would be the Eddie Guerrero level. Gosh, JBL's all Gosh, over. JBL's now. all over him now. So he has all the momentum. Jiminy Christmas, man. Yeah, talking about stiff, those stomps have looked a little stiff. Literally, like JBL, when he throws a clothesline, he goes like within, it's like inside of his forearm with the elbow, like where the elbow meets the forearm. He literally hits him like that with that part. Jimmy, good now, Cena, look, oh my gosh. Oh, getting the chain out. Cena's never lost an I quit match, I don't think. I say he hasn't lost that many matches to begin with. (laughs) 
Well, especially after 05. <laughs> Man, he does have some really like even the last few years he had, like I think that I think my some of my favorite matches of his are against Styles. Styles for sure. That Royal Rumble 2017 match. Oh my. Where he won the 16th World Championship. Such a good mm-hmm. match. Uh, low blow, seeing it's got low blow there. We also, you notice we also got the crooked official here, Nick Patrick. Mm. Jeez, he's hit him with the mic. You know, if it was Scott Steiner in there, you know what he'd say? What would he say? Give me an effing mic. <laughs> That's what he did at Survivor Series 02. You could literally hear him on the feed saying, give me an effing mic. But he probably didn't say effing, right? No, he did not say effing. He used the actual word. Oh, geez, nice clothesline. This is not the, this is before the five moves of doom. Actually, well, there's one move of doom. Move number two is coming. Oh, actually, he skipped the he skipped the shoulder shoulder block. Yeah, it looked a little out of order. Well, there's two. Oh, he's not going to go once for the five knuckle shuffle. Well, he well, he did. Oh, he's gonna, I thought he was going to pump him up for a second. He used to pump him up going for the fu. This is before. This is not the attitude adjustment. This is the fu. <laughs> It'll always be the fu to me. Oh yeah. The OGs know. Yeah, the OGs know. It's it's the fu. It's not an AA. Oh, JBL cowers out of the ring. Well, he's doing the I, you can't see me and flips him. Yes. Flips him off. This is definitely a coming out party for Cena, I think. Like showing he belonged in the main event. I could agree with that. Because this is his first big main event, like after WrestleMania. This is his first opportunity. On the car. Gosh, he put a dent. He did put a dent in that hood. Oof. Uh, Ouch. Look at that car. Look how much blood's on the car. Oh, my God. You're right. Cena's selling here. I got to give him him props. It's pretty good. See, I always thought with the selling during a – after a blade job – Part of it has to be true because you have to imagine they're feeling a little lightheaded after losing all that blood. Yeah, especially with the blade drop like that. Right? Using the cord now. Why was there a TV just sitting there? I don't know. Well, it's production stuff. <laughs> Gosh, what a visual. Oh, right into the TV screen. Kind of reminds me of the Stone Cold Red Heart. Oh, that, that was that was a submission match, similar to an I quit match. Not, not quite to the level of that match, but this is pretty good. 
My goodness, JBL's now bleeding pretty good too. I I like that because Sheena like just swung him into the TV. Yeah, or whatever it was. Oh. Look at that window, man. That, jeez. What What do you imagine the discussion was before having, coming out to do this match? It's like, all right, guys, let's just beat the ever-loving crap out of each other here. And we're going to destroy your limousine. Oh, a little poke in the eye. Some of these bumps they're taking, while not they're like not the craziest bumps ever, these are not very fun bumps because a lot of this match hasn't been in the ring. Oh, yeah, you can practice ooh, and know how to take a bump, but they still hurt. I'd imagine they still really, really hurt. On the car? Ooh, right in the car door. This is probably one of the more brutal WWE matches from this era. Oh, you know it's brutal where they don't show it. <laughs> like, in today's highlights of history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they, they did, it'd have to be black and white. They were like, Triple H, and then Batista's like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this at Vengeance? How are we going to do this at Vengeance? How are we going to top this? How are we going to top this? They found a way. And this is not like a, this is not your normal wrestling match. This is a fight. Oh, yeah. Anytime it's like a, a no DQ or an I quit match, it's really not a wrestling match. It's just an all out brawl. This is a war. Yes. Now they're on Cena's DJ stage on the big rig. Both guys at this point are bleeding horribly. Profusely, some may say. Bleeding like a stuck pig, as JR would like to say it. So they got blood on their back, chest, shoulders. You know what I'm noticing here, J.O.? Not a million camera cuts. Oh, yeah. just a, They're just tracking the action. Why don't they do it this, these days? That'd be nice. Let us see the action. Instead of, oh, let's jump 800 times, let's cut 800 times as they're punching them in the back. JBL has some JBL has a choking uh, kink. Yeah, I made that joke earlier, but that's the match was going on. He just keeps going to it. Yeah, they, they must have a safe word, I would assume now, but say it's either JBL or Cena who's, you know, asking for it. Well, Cena's been getting a lot of it, so he must be asking for it. Yeah. I mean, hey, eat to each their own, you know. Yeah, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, dude. Oh, now JBL's choking him with the... Oh, now there's the mic being used. Choking him with the cord. It just keeps hitting him with the mic. And JBL, oh, crashes through a table. My goodness. See, the first few times JBL used the mic, it looked like he was using the soft part. Seeing him was smart use the end of it gosh the, the man this is 
even by like WWE standards, this is like tough to watch almost. It's a brutal match. It's like I don't think I've seen like outside of the Eddie Guerrero match, I haven't seen this much blood in a WWE match. I don't think I have either. Oh, gee, she grabbed one of the big, like, exhaust things off the semi. Here we go. Exhaust. JBL quits. JBL quit. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm not getting hit by this big, giant exhaust pipe. Because I think it's a sprays the smoke, like sprays the smoke out of the the semi. Right. Skin so gets his hand raised. Yep. Woohoo! I won. Great. JBL's just trying to get some kind of reprieve. Now JBL's laughing. Not a good idea, dude. He's thinking. He's a thinking man. Well, did you think about getting hit with a freaking pipe and then thrown through a thing of glass? Nope. See, everyone everyone always makes the uh, the comment that even though John's a face and has been a face for the majority of his career, he still does heelish things. You know, like attacking someone after they quit. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen more uh, more of an emphatic WWE title defense, first WWE title defense than this one. That was like that was a statement match. Yeah, the statement being John Cena is here to play. Yeah, and that's it. That's the match. Wow, your thoughts on it, Jo? Overall match, everything. It was good. I've definitely seen highlights of this match throughout. Never first time actually seeing it all the way through, and it was solid all the way through. Uh, brutal, but you'd expect uh, out of an I Quit match, and as brutal as you'd expect WWE at this time. But it was good. I, I liked it. First WWE title defense by John Cena, and it's in a, a more. And what couldn't have been a much more brutal way with this uh, I Quit match against John Bradshaw Layfield, but super fun match, I thought. Very good. The brutality was at an all-time high. Stiff, stiff match. When the matches look real, that's, I think, when they're at their best. Oh, absolutely. This was just a brawl from start to finish. It would be the first of many WWE title defenses for John Cena in his first ever WWE title reign. He would not lose the, lose the WWE title until New Year's Revolution 2006, where he lost it to the cash-in, the first ever Money in the Bank winner, the Rated-R Superstar Edge. Wow, it's amazing how that tied in right there. Yep. Got to get the tie-ins. I got I to gotta make sure to work it in. Work it in somehow. Because very topical. I like it. Very topical. And uh, they did tease Edge recently, I think, on a video package during Money in the Bank because they were showing his old opponents like Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy, amongst others. So maybe they're teasing Edge's return coming up, but – this was that was the first title win of well first title defense of many for John Cena coming up in the future. He would w- win 16 world championships in his career. Where is there a 17th somewhere? I doubt it. <laughs> but one of the best WWE careers ever. John Cena for sure going to go down as one of the best WWE superstars of all time, no doubt about it. Rightfully so. I'd put him on my Mount Rushmore. If, it was, if there's a WWE Mount Rushmore, he's definitely on it. It's because he he was the 
he was the uh, gatekeeper for from what 2005 through I'd say 2014 was where that kind of slowed down a little bit for him. So he had a nine year run, really, really big nine year run. Then he'd come back from time to time after doing movies and stuff and would eventually win 16. 16th against AJ Styles at Royal Rumble 2017, which we already talked about. It's a great match. Check that out one out as well. But uh, yeah, great watch along. 20 years of John Cena. It's gone by pretty fast. We'll see what the next 20 years has in store. But we had a great time watching this match from Judgment Day 2005. JBL, John Cena. I quit. And uh, coming up next week, as we mentioned earlier, will be the Money in the Bank. Our top five cash-ins of all time. Should be a heck of an episode. Make sure to check that out when it drops next time here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. J.O., where can everyone find you before we decide to wrap things up a little bit? Wrap things up, put a bow on this episode, and uh, head out. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Ordas, all lowercase. All right. Make sure to follow him on Twitter and all his other social medias. And uh, you can follow, follow Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Sig Daddy Wrestling and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. You can find Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show over 130 episodes at, so far. Many more to come. You can find those all on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the iHeartRadio app, Amazon Music. Pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast, you can find Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. If you like the show, make sure to leave it a five-star review. Until next time, this is Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund alongside J.O. Thanking you all for listening and saying so long, everybody.